Hello, this is Pastor Corey Ehrman. You're listening to my podcast. I hope it blesses, encourages, and inspires you. I pray that the Holy Spirit will touch you through this teaching. Thank you for tuning in, and God bless. If you have your Bibles, open to Haggai chapter 1. If you're looking, follow me from a device. I'm going to read from verse 2. Verse 2 of Haggai chapter 1. Thus speaks the Lord of hosts, saying, This people says, The time has not come, the time that the Lord's house should be built. Then the word of the Lord came by Haggai the prophet, saying, Is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses and this temple to lie in ruins? Now therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, Consider your ways. You have sown much and bring in little, You eat, but you do not have enough. You drink, but you're not filled with drink. You clothe yourselves, but no one is warm. It's interesting the three things that you recognize here are the three areas that Jesus addressed not to worry about, right? He said, don't worry about what you will eat. Don't worry about what you will drink. Don't worry about what clothes you will put on. And what was the context of that? Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these things, all these things, the heathen or the world chases after shall be added onto your life. So the Lord is in the business of adding and multiplying. Amen. But unfortunately, you can see here from the story, and it says, and he who earns wages, earns wages to put it in a bag with holes. Thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Second time that consider your ways is mentioned. Go up to the mountains and bring wood and build the temple that I may take pleasure in it and be glorified. Thus says the Lord, you looked for much, but indeed it came to little. And when you brought it home, I blew it away. Why, says the Lord of hosts, because of my house, that is in ruins, while every one of you runs to his own house. Therefore, the heavens above you withhold the dew, and the earth withholds its fruit. For I call for a drought on the land, and the mountains, on the grain, and the new wine, and the oil, on whatever the ground brings forth, on man and livestock, and all the labor of your hands. So... And then also, if you were to go to Malachi chapter 3, which I will not read, but one of the admonishments to the house of Israel was when God, of course, called them Jacob, referring to them by their old nature, Jacob, not Israel as the one that wrestled with God. He said, the whole nation is cursed because that they were withholding the tithes and the offerings. Now, this is something important to understand. The reason... Today, no matter what's been happening, even though it has been on a decline in many ways, we are still, I believe, in the greatest country that is on the face of the earth at the moment right now, the United States of America. This nation is blessed. This nation has been blessed because this nation has a history and a heritage 
of serving God and even in the foundation of the nation, the ideals, the vision, the destiny, the divinely ordained destiny of the nation of the founding of the United States of America and the first great awakening that out of 13 rebellious colonies formed the 13 original states and then the second great awakening as America was expanding west shook the whole nation and then it really actually the 1800s that was pretty much the trigger for the modern day missions movement really came out of the second great awakening now let me just tell you something about my country of course I come from the nation of Turkey in the 1800s Turkey was known as the Ottoman Empire and the Ottoman Empire was just a melting pot of all kinds of ethnic groups probably over 100 different ethnic groups lived in the the geographical location of the Ottoman Empire it was a very large very large you know empire and of course they had a lot of Christian minorities really about 30 percent was Christian minorities especially in what would be known today as Anatolia or Asia Minor you know that area of the Middle East and um, you know it was actually out of the second great awakening the missions movement that came out of the second great awakening in the 1820s late 1820s late 18 early 1830s that American missionaries came to the Ottoman Empire and there was a tremendous revival that took place over 800,000 were born again in a revival that within about 20 years over 3,000 new churches were planted in the Ottoman Empire and the power of God began to move power of God began to fall and it was actually out of that revival that some of the original people who received a, a prophecy from a teenage boy prophet of all people and came and moved to Los Angeles California in the late 1800s begin to pray because the Lord had told them that there is coming a global outpouring of the Spirit of God which began in Azusa Street in 1907 and of course that Azusa Street revival shook the globe you know what, what is known as the great Pentecostal outpouring and then you have the great healing revivals of the 40s and 50s and then you have the charismatic outpouring of the 60s 70s and many different movements that have come through and and now of course we are in the final move of God the final outpouring of the move of God so this nation has been blessed because of so many amazing revivals and those revivals were not just regional they were not just national they were international they shook the globe so this has been the United States of America has been the breadbasket of world missions close to 90% of world missions was funded out of the United States of America from the churches and so not only has the American church not only American church experienced many 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 uh, waves of renewal and revival I would say about every 20 years really and then that outpouring of the Spirit of God not only impacted regionally and nationally but of course internationally globally speaking you know and of course that's why you know God has a global globalist plan God is a globalist you know he, his plan is to for the whole globe to hear the gospel of course and that's why this nation is under so much attack that's why the globalists want to bring America down because literally this is the last stand last bastion of freedom you know and it's we're under attack on all fr fronts you know 
And I don't know if, how many of you realize that, but unfortunately, much of the church, from what I'm seeing, is asleep. They don't realize what's going on. But here you are well informed. Are you not? Okay. But it's interesting to me that not only, it, it, even in Malachi, when the Lord talks about, you know, here, my temp, there's bring meat into the storehouse that there may be, you know, bring your tithes into the storehouse that there may be meat in my house, in the temple. And then you can see here now the temple was lying in ruins because people were, instead of building God's house, they were focused on building their own house. And for that reason, the Lord is saying, I'm, I withhold the dew, I withhold the rain, I withhold the oil and the grain and the wine, which are all really symbolic of provision, not only in the natural, but also symbolic of the anointing of the, of the Holy Ghost. You know, the heavens close, I'll open the windows of heaven, pour you out a blessing. So it's interesting to me. A lot of times we tend to be focused on our personal blessing. But you need to understand, there's always a ripple effect. Right. Revival, listen, listen to me. Revival, and that, that really actually brings it to that, that, the dream he was sharing with me before the service. He said, Pastor, I saw a mighty outpouring and we we're going into extended revivals and he said i saw in my dream people were being blessed like they were being given lands and money was coming to them houses properties was that's it i mean this is the thing when you, every place and i've heard pastor ronnie speak about this over the years every place that he went and i believe uh, brother doug when he was here he made reference to this you know every place that he has gone and had extended revivals where the power of God hit a whole region, an area, that area just began to prosper. Even people who weren't saved, just the whole area, the decrepit, rundown areas just were built up, became some of the best part of the town. Why? Because there's just something that happens in the realm of the spirit of that, it's like a bomb hits the place in the, in the realm of the spirit and just, and it just spreads. And there's that ripple effect of the glory of God because wherever the glory is, there's always gold and there's always blessing and there's always healing and prosperity and peace and provision that just begins to come because literally the presence of God invades the area and it changes the atmosphere. It changes the whole region. So it's not just about individual blessing. It's really also about a national blessing. He says the whole nation lies in ruins. The whole nation comes under a curse. And the reason the United States of America has been so blessed is because the church throughout all those awakenings and renewals really came to the forefront. They led. They led. The preachers led. But now we are coming to a point in time where those preachers that lead have become rare. They're following now instead of leading. They follow the narrative. They follow the establishment. They, they do what they're told to do. Shut up, sit down, be quiet, and then just play, you know, comply and play. You know, we can't comply with antichrist agendas. We're going to build God's house no matter what happens. That is our calling because we are here for a short time. This is not our home. We're just passing by. We're just passing through. We are pilgrims on a journey. We're like Abraham who was looking for a city whose builder was God. We are citizens of heaven. We are first and foremost called to seek first his kingdom 
his righteousness to build God's house. And because, and when we build God's house, and I'm not just talking about just locally here, this local church, but even nations, even missions. And let me just tell you that throughout the whole pandemic, we sold a lot from this church to help churches that were shut down, some for three, some for six, some for up to a year in different countries. Because they didn't have the kind of freedom we had here. And we supported, we sold into missions, and we blessed many churches. And we are blessing our community. We're con- Every week we're preaching the gospel. I believe we're making a difference in this region. We have community inreaches where we bless the community. We sow, we give out, we sow into missions. And we are here to build God's house. And I have watched over the years. When I started, on, started out in the ministry 27 years ago, I used to hear numbers like 12 to 15% of the American church tithes. The numbers are now, I'm hearing, down to 3 4%. And throughout the pandemic, church attendance has gone down about 35%. Many churches have totally shut down. Now, some of them probably needed to be shut down because they were pretenders because we are in a time of taking away of the candlesticks. If you're not going to burn bright for Jesus, then what purpose, you know, what, why are you even there? But again, it's, we are in a time right now. I mean, we are in the final days. The final countdown has begun. And many are backing down. And Jesus warned about the signs of the end of the age that many, the love of many will grow cold. And that's exactly what you see. When people's love grow cold, they stop giving. Because your giving is directly associated with the love that you have in your heart, the passion, the fire for the things of God. You know, people will give in the day of his power. And so that is an indication that the love of many has grown cold. If we are down to like 3 4% of the body of Christ in America tithes, and that is an indication because as the church goes, so goes the nation. I mean, we get, you know, we get all upset about the scandals in the world, and, and, and they are absolutely horrendous, demonic at the highest levels. But look at the scandals that you see in the church. The lukewarmness. The complacency, the, toler- the tolerance for sin. And it's all come in this whole hyper-grace movement that has actually weakened the church. Where grace, instead of becoming the great empowerment, has become the great cover-up. But you can see, he says, my house lies in ruins. Go up to the mountains. Go bring wood, go bring iron, go bring all the supplies and build my house. And if you will build my house, I will pour out my blessing upon you. I will pour out and I will send an abundance of the grain and the, and, and, and the, and the wine and, I will, and the oil. And, and I will send an abundance of rain upon your land. And so it's, I always find it interesting because I know that we tend to focus on our personal blessing. You know, just me... But we have to be careful that we in the church world don't adopt this mentality of coming to a bless me club. It's not just about me being blessed. It's not just about I being blessed. We need to be a blessing. God blesses us to be a blessing. That is the purpose of the blessing of God upon our lives, to be a blessing. 
And we're going to take everything to another level here as we're coming into now closing the five years and going into the sixth year. We're going to be a greater blessing. We're going to be a greater blessing because I'm not looking to see how much comes in. I'm, I'm looking to see how much goes out. We can't become the Dead Sea where everything comes in and nothing goes out. Hallelujah. So that's why we're always wanting to overflow. If you're really filled up, then you should be overflowing. If we're not overflowing outside of the four walls of the church, if we're not overflowing not only to the local region but to the nations, then we're really not being filled up. Because one of the first things that happens when you truly are filled up, then there's an overflow. And you begin to live out of the overflow. And I truly believe that we're going to begin to see a tremendous blessing coming upon God's people here. I'm telling you right now, get ready. No, you didn't hear me. Get ready, get ready, get ready. You, you, you have no idea of the increase that's about to come on this house and, and, and see whatever happens in the house happens in your life because you're connected to an anointing. See, we don't stand alone. We stand together as a body. So whatever happens in the body, whatever happens, it begins to overflow. You're going to get blessed just for, for being here, just for being associated. Hallelujah. You're going to get blessed because you're, you sit under the anointing. It's impossible for you to sit under the anointing, receive the anointing, and not be blessed, not, not change. It's impossible for you. It's impossible for you to be building God's house and, and God not building your house. Because when you build God's house, he builds your house. Hallelujah. And that's one thing that my wife and I, we have always, from day one in our ministry, we endeavor to do. We always build God's house. Because the Lord spoke to me in the early days of my ministry. He said, look, if you take care of people, if you meet the needs of the people, and you build my, you build my house, you'll never have to worry about your, your personal needs. I've never, ever, one time had to even, ever, give a second thought to my personal needs. Never. There's never been a month where I had to look at my wife and go, you know what? I don't know how we're going to make it to the end of the month because there's always been an overflow. Every single month in our lives, there's always been increased. There's always been an overflow. I don't worry about my needs. I don't worry about my needs. I'm not need-oriented. I don't live by need. I live by seed. I'm seed-oriented. I know I got a lot of seed in the ground. We got a lot of seed in the ground. This church will never lack for visitors, even without advertising. You know why? Because we're constantly sowing seed. We're always reaching souls. We'll never lack for visitors in this church. Never. Not even from the first week. We've never lacked for visitors. There's always an abundance of visitors because we're always reaching out. Because we got so much seed in the ground. And we call in that harvest from the north, the south, east, and the west. Amen. When we build God's house... He builds our house. Jesus said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. What is he going to build the church upon? He's going to build the church upon the rock. What is the rock? The rock is the word, the revelation of the word of God. 
the church needs to get a revelation about finances and a revelation about building God's house. He says, consider your ways two times. Number one, building God's house. Number two, glorifying God. Otherwise, there's no rain, which is an outpouring of the Spirit of God. There's no fruit. There's no spiritual growth, fruit of the Spirit. You cannot grow up spiritually until you connect your finances to kingdom, to the kingdom of God. That's going to be a huge part of your spiritual growth and financial growth. If you build God's house, come and say this after me. If I build God's house, he will build my house. If I honor God, he will honor me. Hallelujah. Thank you for tuning into my podcast. I hope that you have been blessed. I would like for you to consider two things. Number one, subscribe to our show to receive notifications of our new podcasts. Number two, support our ministry of reaching the nations with revival by clicking on the link in the description or visiting our website, riverwpb.com. Thank you for tuning in. Look forward to you joining our next podcast. God bless you.